So I invite you to join me as we close our outer eyes and open wide our inner spiritual eyes to recognize the divine presence, to recognize that Christ, that Christed presence that is everywhere present. It is the breath of our being. It is in, through, and expressing as all of the universe. It is within all that we can see and all that we can't see with our human eyes. It is that presence and power that is all there is. And I know that each one of us is created from that image and likeness, created from that perfection, from that highly anointed place. We are that presence. And in this knowing, I speak my word for this service, knowing that every moment is a holy moment, every moment is inspired. It is blessed, and we are each here by divine appointment. I know that each one of us receives from this time together today deep, unconditional love, absolute joy, a healing place, and a healing peace. I know each one of us today here, in this place, is the presence of the divine. I am so grateful to know these truths. I'm so grateful to know that all is unfolding perfectly together here today. And in this deep, deep gratitude, I release my word into that beautiful law that always does its perfect work and always says yes. And so in that knowing, I let go, and I let it be, and we can say together, and so it is. We each bring our light to the earth. We, each of us. That's the person sitting in your seat right now, wearing your socks, if you're wearing socks. We bring our light to earth. We've been looking all month at the theme of welcoming the light. Welcoming the light. And we've looked at welcoming the light from the Jewish tradition, from the Hanukkah perspective. We looked at, and, and we even rolled a little bit of, of Islam, the, the Quran, into that uh, process. We looked at welcoming the light of the Buddha on uh, Bodhi Day, which was December the 8th, and, and the light of the Buddha. We looked at the light of the solstice and the mind of light uh, last week. And so today we look at the story of welcoming the, the Christ consciousness light, if you will. And the thing with all the stories that we've looked at so far this month, none of them are true. None of them are true. None of them are factually true. But what they are is they are soul stories. They are deep soul stories. And we're called to listen from that perspective to understand what do they speak to us about our own souls, about our own light, about our own beingness. And so we're going to look at this story at the light of Christ's story today. 
The word Christ is associated with one person, Jesus, right? But it's actually not about his, his it wasn't his name. If you could take a time machine back 2,000 years ago and you uh, ran down the, the, the roads of Galilee and you ran into this kind of short, olive skin, dark, curly-haired, plump, because he described himself as a glutton and a drunkard in a couple of different Gospels, um, guy with un, uh, unkempt beard, because that's what the men were supposed to uh, wear in those days, this rabbi and his wandering band of, of, of kind of rather scruffy-looking guys and, and, and a couple of women, and you said, hey, Mr. Christ... He'd have no idea who you were talking to. By the way, if you said Jesus, he'd have no idea what you were talking to either, because his name was Yeshua. Jesus is the Greekified version. Greekified? <laughs> Hellenized version of that word. But if I say Hellenized, most people don't understand that it's, it's the Greek version of the word. So Christ, Christos, which actually which means the, the anointed one, the sacred one. Originally, actually came from the, the Egyptians and was then uh, moved over in, by the Greeks into the Christos. And so we celebrate today the birth of Jesus with these stories that aren't factually true. Of the five writers about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Paul, Paul, by the way, was the first one, even though he's last in the Bible, only two of them have any stories about his birth. And those two stories conflict with each other. So in, in Matthew, you've got, actually, my, my favorite trick question, I, I, I kind of spoiled myself or the, the process because I asked this in the congregation a few weeks ago, but how many wise men were at the stable where Jesus was born? Yeah, it's a trick question. First of all, we don't know how many wise men because Matthew, the wise men are only in Matthew, and it doesn't say how many, it just says Magi showed up. They had three gifts, but only Magi showed up, and they showed up to the house in Bethlehem where Mary and Joseph were living. And secondly, Luke doesn't say anything about a stable. He just says he was laid in a manger after birth. So it's a trick question. So none, neither of these stories, I love it, because Matthew, being a, a good traditional Jewish man, all the appearances of the angels were to the men, right? But Luke, being a more Hellenized and, and appealing to a more Hellenized audience, being a little more in touch with the feminine, all the appearances of the angels were to the women, Mary and Elizabeth, Right? So these are the stories, but we're not here to look at the factuality of the stories. We're here to look at how do they speak to us? What is it we can learn out of this story from our soul level, from our deep level? So besides being called the Christ, he is also called the light of the world. The light of the world. But this light is not from his physical form. This light, this Christhood is within, and he realized it. This Christ consciousness, this light, this anointed one is within. All he did was pay attention. And this Christ, this light is within each of us. Each of us. Breathe that in for a moment. The 14th century Christian uh, mystic Meister Eckhart said, God never begot but one son, but the eternal is forever begetting the only begotten. The eternal is forever begetting. This infinite presence is constantly giving birth to new life, to this one sun. And you and I are part of this one sun that is being birthed. And it's not a gender-specific sun, by the way. The 
the process which John's gospel describes, it's an ongoing and eternal process. It's the process of light, of life, excuse me, itself being expressed by the infinite. There was a, a United, I think it was United Church of Christ um, advertisement on TV a number of years ago that said God is still talking. You know, some of the traditions, we kind of got the, the idea that all that stuff happened way back then and it stopped now. And their, their message was, no, God is still talking. And we would say God is still expressing. God is still creating. And it's not some being, big guy in the sky. It's this internal, eternal life energy that is still expressing. And it's expressing as you and as me. And as all of life everywhere. So thus, we are the sons and daughters of God. We are begotten of God. Each of us. And this Christ light lives within each of us. Ernest Holmes said, and we have a slide for this, this sun is being born at every season, in every place, to all races and in all nations. Every birth is a divine event. Every conception is immaculate. Every child who is born into the world represents the son of the divine nature. Nudge your neighbor and say, that's you. Since nobody nudged you, Lori, you, that's you. <laughs> we are the sons and daughters of the divine. We have been given the gift, this gift of this Christ consciousness, but we must use it. We must live it. We must put it on a stand where it can be seen and not hide it under a bowl. Meister Eckhart also said, What does it avail me if the birth that happened so long ago is not eventually happening within me? That it should happen within me is what matters. So this birth of this light, this birth of this Christ consciousness that we celebrate this week is happening within each of us. Constantly. Constantly. Every day. We are being born anew into that spirit. Do we let it move through us? Do we let ourselves live as that? Or do we say, oh no, (laughs) you can't be talking about me. Do we let ourselves be the Christ anointed ones that we are? See, Jesus never saw himself as separate from or better than other people. He never saw himself as separate. All these things that I have done, you can do also. He was teaching people how to live, not saying, look at me, I'm so special. It's we who see ourselves as separate from that light, that Christ awareness, that Christ consciousness. We see ourselves and we convince ourselves, or oftentimes from very early childhood we have been convinced, that we are separate from this consciousness, from this awareness. And so just as the Buddha, when he was asked who he was, his disciples said, you know, which which incarnation are you? Who are you the incarnation of? He says, no, no, none of that. I'm just one who's awake. I'm one who's awake. And for us to live as the Christ, the only begotten of Son, we must be awake. We must awaken from our sleep of the ages, our sleep of the consciousness of the race thought, the mass thought, that no, we're not really all that important, we're not really all that special. That's a lie, just in case you weren't sure. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't say, I have come that you can suffer. 
He didn't say, I, can, I came that you, you know, whatever. He said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. But he also said, I come not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. And a sword, the idea of the sword is a division. And he said, I come to bring a sword between son and father, daughter and mother and daughter and mother-in-law. I come to bring a sword, a division between the old consciousness, the old thinking, and the present moment of who we are and who we have the potential to be. And we have to cut ourselves off from that old thinking or we cannot rise up into the Christ consciousness that we truly are and shine the light that we truly are. We have to let that old go. So at this season, we consciously honor this, the great gift of intimate love and intimate light. Infinite love and infinite light. We honor that gift. It's constantly being given. If you forget today, it's being given again tomorrow. You can pick it up then. It's open 24-7, 365. You can do your Christmas shopping in that infinite light. So let us open our hearts to our own innocent nature. To our own nature. Irma Bombeck once said that the saddest thing is to wake up on Christmas morning and not be a child. And she's not talking about age. We're all children. We all wake up. We all can wake up with a childlike innocence. The 17th century Christian mystic, Angela Silesius, said, could your heart become a manger for his birth? God would again become a child upon this earth. Could your heart be a manger, be the place where it can be born? It will be born within your heart. But we have to prepare and open and make our hearts that manger, that place that receives. And, a, and a, the manger is, is a feeding trough for animals. It's like one of the lowliest things, right? As Emerson would say, can we let go of our bloated nothingness and how great we think we are and should be and start to become open to that spirit that wants to be born within us? So this week for a spiritual practice, simply I invite you to let your Christ shine. That light, that anointing, that who you are shine and be expressed more fully than ever before, to let your heart be open, to let it express. Ernest Holmes said, if we could stand aside and let this one perfect life flow through us, we could not help but healing people. If we could just let it flow through us, we could not help but heal people. There's a place in our mentality, in the heights of our greatest realization, when we throw ourselves with complete abandonment into the very center of the universe. The individual merges with the universe where a sense of the oneness of all life so enters our being that there is no sense of otherness. Rumi had that wonderful poem that says, out beyond the ideas of right thinking and wrong thinking, there's a feel, I'll meet you there. It's that feel. That's what he's talking about. There is no sense of otherness. It is here that we perform seeming miracles because there is nothing to hinder the whole from flowing through us. So as we let go of all of our ideas about the divine and about ourselves and about our non-divine nature, because once again, look at your neighbor, you are the divine. And receive that for yourself. You are the divine in form. And so as we let go of all the stuff that says, oh no, not me, who am I? 
We can express the Christ that has been there with us from our birth. I honor your birth today. And I hope you honor your birth today. And today and tomorrow and the next day is your birthday for this light within. I'm going to close with a quote from a really great writer. That would be me. <laughs> Something I wrote a number of years ago for a newsletter, newspaper column. Jesus and all of us are the essence of God made flesh. It's the great deep giving of God's own divine nature to us. It is the deepest gift of divine love ever given. At this time of year, we remember, honor, and celebrate this gift. That's a capital G, gift. When Meister Eckhart asked the powerful question, what good is it to me if this eternal birth of the divine son takes place unceasingly, but does not take place within myself? He acknowledges that God has given and is giving the gift of divine love. What do we do with it? What do we do with this gift? Do we put it on a pedestal and worship it? From afar? Do we say, oh, that happened a long time ago. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't affect me. Do we get so wrapped up? Uh Uh-huh. In the busyness of this season that we don't stop to receive the very gift we're being given, we are invited, we are called to become aware of the great gift of God's love being given eternally. We are being called to become aware of that. Will we accept it? Will we let it in? Or will we push it out to the stables on the edge of our lives? Will we listen to the inner call like the shepherds? Will we notice the outer light like the wise men, the magi? Or will we be oblivious? Of all the gifts we give and receive this season, let us take the time, and it does take time, to give the gift of divine love to ourselves and to each other. And so with that, I wish you and your loved ones and everyone around you a happy, joyous holiday. Let's take a moment in prayer. So recognizing that there is this one infinite presence, this one It's not a big father figure on high. Even if we relate to it as that, that's fine. And yet it's that and it's so much more. It's the earth mother. It's the light. It's the field of infinite potential, as a quantum physicist would call it. It is all that and so much more. That is all there is. That. Beyond names, beyond words, that is all that there is. And we, because it's all there is, we have to be one of it. We are within it. There is no place else to be. It's the only game in town. There's nowhere else to be. We are one of that infinite presence. And so we are one of that light. We are one of that life energy. We are one of that love right here, right now. This is our nature always. And so I speak my word that today we celebrate our own birth of that energy within us. We celebrate who we are, sons and daughters of God, expressing as us. Not some remote parent that has to be pleased, but the life energy itself. God so loved the world. God loves. God is love. It's all that it is. And so we ourselves are this love in form. We are the Word made flesh. And so let us acknowledge that this holiday. 
and let us acknowledge it beyond this holiday. I'm so grateful for each of us who say yes to this, for each of us who's clear a little bit of the shadow away from our own individual consciousness and from the collective consciousness of the planet and let that light be on a stand and shine. I'm grateful for that flow of spirit. Eric is about to play a song called Mississippi, the the majestic, mighty flow of the Mississippi, and yet God's flow is even greater than that. And so I'm grateful for this flow of the divine, of the love, of the light, of the life that flows in through and as us. And so I release this word into what we call the law of that, which brings it into form, brings it into expression. It knows how to do it. We don't have to figure it out. We have to simply be willing, say yes. And so we affirm that together by saying, and so it is. Bless you and happy holidays. Thank you.